Hey, this is Jack Costo from Seven Spires, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Yes, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. You doing all right today? Yeah, pretty good. I'm uh, still recovering from a little post-tour sickness. So, uh, Oh, really? If I, if I cough every once in a while, no, that's my bad. Did it hit you <laughs> after the tour, though, or? Yeah, like immediately when I got home. I think what it was is I had like 18 hours in an airport on planes and stuff like that. Right. And then all that is what finally said, okay, you're you're screwed. <laughs> how worried about how worried were you about catching something on the road? Because that's a major concern now, right? I I guess so. It it seems like it's becoming less and less of a concern, and people are just being careful when they know they're feeling sick or right. you know feeling down or something like that. And um, actually, ev- everybody on the you know there was a little bit of stuff that went around like colds and things like that. Anytime someone was feeling anything, they were masking up and staying away right. for the day and. You know, as soon as they're recovered, no problem. So it it seems like people are just kind of developing a more mutual respect. Yeah. You know, but even it shows it's kind of I mean, I just got done with 70,000 tons of metal and I can't say it wasn't in the back of my head. You know, you're on the the boat with 71 countries and you want to have a good time and you want to get in there like the old times. But somewhere still in the back of your head, you're like, oh, shit, this could yeah, we we were definitely thinking about it, but uh, you know, hopefully not too hard. <laughs> right. How'd the tour go? I was with Twilight Force, right? Yeah, Twilight Force and a band from Finland called Silver Bullet, and uh, it it was honestly really awesome. Like it it kind of restored my faith in the business a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we were twenty four people, including two drivers, on one bus oh, for wow. almost a month. And every single person was super nice, like just complete gem. We had a lot of great times, so many laughs. Like it was one of those kind of like groups where, you know, 1230 rolls around, the bus starts moving. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep early tonight, uh, you know, get some rest for the next show. And then you right. blink and it's 630 and all of your laughing muscles hurt. And, right. you know, it's it was just a great time. That's good because being trapped on a bus for all that time with some, especially that cramped with somebody you don't like or people you don't get along with would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was nice that everybody was just kind of dedicated to having a nice time, no matter what the external circumstances were. Right. So and let's talk about tours. Anyway, you guys are coming over to the States here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or we, we all live here, but uh, we're, we're going through with Elevati and Omnium Gatherum and in just a couple days I leave. Yeah. I saw, I was looking at three, two, it looks like you're heading out. Yeah. That's the first show. And I I think I'm leaving on the 28th to, you know, get there, make sure everything's in order. Are you guys rehearsing before the show or the, uh, 
you good enough from the tour that you just finished? Uh, we're we're good enough, and also we we rehearsed a lot for this tour before the Twilight Force run, um, specifically so we didn't have to worry right. about logistics for it this time. Okay, I know I saw you playing in Richmond, so I'll be catching you uh, on the Richmond show for sure. That's about oh sweet two minutes. That'll be really fun. There. Yeah, that's the last show, right? Yeah, the last show. You guys will be exhausted, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can smell us <laughs> from a mile away. Nice. Thank you for that visual. Um, <laughs> So live at Prague, uh, live at Prague Power Fest or USA complete. What was the uh, the thought process to releasing a live album? Because that's that's sort of a big gamble, right? Yeah, it, it totally is, and it basically came down to about an hour before we played the festival. They said, "Oh, by the way, we're recording everything. So if you want multi tracks, you know, let us know. It's like fifty bucks or whatever for the oh, wow. engineer." And um, I was like, "Oh, sure, I'll, I'll take it. I I hope it's good." And then we listened afterwards, and after the show went really well, we were like, "Okay, maybe we should do something with this." Right. Um, and it it was a little chaotic because, you know, with a festival set up, you get basically like 20, 25 minutes to set everything up, sound check and play. Um, whereas if you're doing a normal live album or a live DVD or something like that, normally you get into the venue a day before, spend an entire day doing the setup, checking right. all the lines and stuff. So there, there was a lot of extra uh, damage control that went into doing this one. But Really, it was such a magical night and performance that it seemed like we couldn't just sit on those tracks. You know, it it had to at least go somewhere for right. somebody to listen to. Okay, fair enough. So Prong Power, in my mind, I've never been, is more of a non-heavy festival. So I was shocked that um, you guys are a heavy band. Obviously, I was shocked that you guys played that. Is that. Am I wrong on that basis? I, I don't know about wrong. I mean, they're, they seem to be interested in like just unique bands within that mantle of prog or power. I mean, Insomnium have played that festival before. Oh, okay. You get bands like Orbit Culture that are, you know, super heavy modern prog. Um, it, so it it's not totally out of the water, but maybe a little bit. Um, but uh, within this kind of like, we do have some super heavy stuff, but we also have some super light stuff. So uh, on the live album as well, there's, there's a pretty good mix of, you know, happy power metal, nice, right. clean ballads, this kind of thing. And then the super heavy stuff, which we like to do anyway. Right. No, I love the heavier stuff for sure. Um, what was the reaction to the crowds there? Were they pretty good? Yeah, really good. Um, Prague Power is a lot of, uh, you know, people that go every single year. Right. And we played back in 2017 as well when we were still sort of a baby band. And um, we we know the guys who run the festival pretty well. We know a lot of the attendees pretty well. And it's it's sort of like a little a little family that gets together every year. And oh, nice. well, not every year now, but right hopefully hopefully from now on every year yeah hopefully we're back on track with the same thing like i was saying seventy thousand tons is the same way i do uh you know i've done that the last eight years or so and then oh wow we had to take that stupid break in the middle but yeah it's like yeah, a family. Yeah. it was nice to get back and see everybody and that's really awesome swing of things yeah so are you guys working on new material yeah we are we've we've been kind of plugging away since uh end of last year and um, hopefully we'll get into the studio by the end of this year. 
Um, it's a little crazy with touring schedules and stuff. Adrian's right. doing some Aventasia stuff. Um, Chris is probably doing some more shows with Testament and, you know, we're all kind of busy doing other stuff, but uh, we're really excited to start working on some new stuff. So as busy as you are, then are you ever able to get into like a, a studio writing session or a jamming session, or is it more on the bus or while, or emailing stuff back and forth? It's it's more remote. Um, Adrian and I are the ones who do most of the main like composing of the songs themselves, and then they usually get sent off to the other guys for them to like actually write good drum and bass parts based on what we sent them because they're they're masters of their instruments and we couldn't really come up with the right kind of stuff that they would do. So um, it's it's a lot more remote, but with technology becoming how it is and with all the COVID stuff, we've thought more about doing more in-person stuff and, um, you know, maybe, maybe e-kits and this kind of thing. So we can get into the same room and then still have stuff we can take away later and, right. you know, chop up and, you know, move this chorus to here, change this key to that. And, um, so it's, we, we thought about it and maybe, maybe coming up soon, we'll, we'll try some of that, but for the most part, it's still pretty email back and forth. Right. So I got a question for you. Emerald of the Seas released February, 2020. That's pretty much when the world shut down, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was right about then. What was it like, I guess, releasing a record and then having all that happen? I mean, all that hard work and all the momentum. Yeah, it it was pretty devastating, honestly, because we, we released that record and then right at the beginning of March, we were supposed to go out in North America with Insomnium and Omnium Gatherum uh, for about a month. And then right after that, we had a tour booked with Amaranth and Battle Beast, mm-hmm. um, which would have been a totally different, crazy, fun experience. Right. Um, and the rug just kind of got pulled out right from under us and we were back home again and you know, with no idea when anything would open up again. Right. So I, I think all of us were, you know, pretty depressed, didn't know what to do with ourselves, um, you know, devastated the family bar uh, for, for right. a few weeks. But but then we kind of decided, you know, we can either sit around and mope and be sad or we can make the most of the time that we do have and make a really killer new record while we can. Um, and that became Gods of Debauchery. So... I guess all's well that ends well. Um, it, it's kind of hard not to think about what would be different if we'd been able to go through with those touring plans back right. then. Um, but then maybe the the third record that we released wouldn't have been the same. And, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of never know. So a lot of those songs then are just seeing the stage for the first time? Yeah. Um, well, we did in North America with Dragon Force and Firewind last year. Um, and so that was kind of the first time we really got to play these songs. But then uh, on this last European tour, we we pulled out some that we hadn't played before, you know, because right. it feels sort of fresh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels really fresh. And it's it's fun for us as well. Like we, we get pretty tired if, if we're only playing the exact same songs on every single thing. So we like to change things up. And even in the middle of a tour, it'll be like, hey, guys, what do you feel about playing this one today? And, you know, let's try it and sound check. And, but that's cool because yeah. I know most people stick to the same, you know, set list all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh it's probably better to do that so that everybody in every every city gets the same show. But sometimes you got fans that I'm sure go from see you multiple times or see you, you know, a couple times on the run and then, you know, they're getting. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's nice for people to know that 
not every show is perfectly cookie cutter as well. You know, it, we can pull out some different stuff. And even within the songs, we like to improvise a little bit. So depends. So improvise, do you guys ever do like a freeform jam kind of stuff on stage or is that not a thing? Not not really because of the uh, the orchestrations in the music and stuff. It's it's pretty hard to like, uh, you know, we would have to do some serious audio chopping up and right. preparing for it. And then it's not really freeform anymore. But, right. you know, th- things like endings and different solos and, you know, different fills and hits and stuff like this. But it has to be worked on beforehand because we have the, the whole backing track thing going on. Right. Uh, that makes sense. So what do you guys have planned then after this run? Uh, well, like, like I said, um, the other guys are doing some pretty serious touring um, stuff, in right. South America with Avantasia for Adrian. And um, I, I do mixing and mastering for other bands. And I, I have quite a few productions coming up for right after the tour. And then uh, hopefully finishing up writing and getting into the studio in like quarter three, quarter four. And uh, yeah, really, really hammering out the next album starting to think about music videos that right. kind of thing so do you do your own recording and mixing as well i i don't i so far i haven't mixed for spires other than the live album i did mix oh nice um but i do record everything and do the performance production uh for that kind of thing but we work with uh sasha Payeth, who did all those old camelot records epica you know right. avantasia um, and we we really love working with him for the the mixes of the albums. I, I think I would probably go completely insane if I had to do all the writing and the recording and the mixing and the, you know, for all of it. But right. you never know. So then you were the one who got those uh, those tracks off the off the board. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, I went out and bought a little flash drive because I didn't even have one with me. And oh, really? You know? Yeah. Or I, I had a friend actually go right. run and get it while I was sound checking, and then. But that's how they transferred the files. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It wow. it was like I I think like forty some gigabytes of just raw audio, and then I had to take it take and it turn back. it into an album. But interesting. So they were yeah. all like stem files or something. Yeah, basically, it was it was the inputs that were sent to the desk is what I got. Yeah. Um, but I, actually, I think it was post post fader, meaning that everything that the guy at the console was doing, like you know, if a mic wasn't working or he was adjusting levels, I had to actually undo oh. <laughs> in post. But it was so. before like the reverbs and the delays and everything. Yeah, it was before that. But the the input volumes would right. change like on the fly. Sometimes it was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a lot of work then. Yeah, it was it was a ton of work, but but it was uh, fun work, you know. And I'm I'm pretty proud of how it came out. And I think especially, a lot of people guess, that like were there surprised. were really happy. Yeah, and especially like you said, you were surprised about it. Yeah, was it was com- completely unprompted. Like we would have never thought, you know what? Let's do a live album from this one. Let's see. Uh, but it just happened to work out. So it's kind of great, I think. That's pretty. Awesome. I um I in school I I took a a performance course with James Taylor's brother actually Livingston, mm-hmm. um and he kind of had this philosophy that a live album isn't a recording of musicians playing their music live. It's a recording of an audience listening to your music, and I I think that's kind of what was special about the prog power thing is that it was that audience listening to us play a show and it's not like a time just us playing our songs. You know right, what I like mean? A little moment in time, a time capsule thing. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. That's going to run me to the end of my questions. Did I miss anything you wanted to cover? 
Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm easy. I think this has been fun so far. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I loved what I've heard and I've heard you guys in the past and it's, I'm looking forward to seeing you here. And that bill is pretty great that you got coming up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. They're actually two of my favorite bands personally. So it's, I'm going to have to be really quick getting off stage so I can get out into the audience and enjoy the show. Are you guys all on the same bus again? Uh, no, we have we have different vehicles this time because it's it's so many people over here and they don't have the double decker thing going right. on. So few different vehicles, but um, we have some of Elevati's crew with us in our vehicle, so we'll get to know those guys a lot as yeah. well. They're good guys. I've had them on the show before. Actually, both bands have been on the show before, so it's kind of cool. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and I'm fans as well, so it'll be uh, that'll be a really good show for me to see that night. Awesome, man. Yeah, me too. Thank you, my friend. Did we cover everything? Yeah, I think we're good, man. All right, perfect. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the tour. Be safe, stay well, and get better now, I guess. Thank you very much, Thank and uh, see you in about a month. Yeah, I'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks. Awesome. Well. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.